0: Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. I'm Kira Smith. Today, for this interview, in honor of National Minority Health Month, I'm joined by Dr. Ian Boulini, who is a hematology oncology fellow at Virginia Commonwealth University Massey Cancer Center. Dr. Boulini, thank you so much for joining me today. To start off, would you like to introduce yourself and say a little bit about what you do?
1: Absolutely. No problem at all. Um, so my name is Dr. Ian Bolini, and I am one of the third-year rheumatology and oncology fellows at VCU Massey Cancer Center. And um, I am subspecializing in the acute leukemia and I'm not sure I will be headed to the University of Texas MD Anderson in just a couple of months.
0: So in light of National Minority Health Month, I know your team has recently compiled an AML analysis with an updated sample size and new data. What are some of the data points related to healthcare disparities that you've collected in this analysis?
1: So we had two analyses that we just recently had completed and updated. So in the Project ARIS database, we analyzed 600 patients with AML treated at BCU Massive Cancer Center. And our aim was to investigate the impact of healthcare disparities in the treatment of AML. So, we wanted to see if there were any differences in outcomes between minorities and non minorities with respect to the new ELN 2022 criteria. So, we did a couple of studies. First, we took a group of patients that identified as minorities by self report, which were predominantly Black patients and we compared them with those that identified as non-minorities, which were predominantly white patients. And using the new ELN-22-2022 criteria, we split those 600 patients into three groups, which are the favorable, intermediate, and adverse genetic risk categories in eln 2022. So the first thing we looked at was the favorable risk category. And in the favorable risk category, we found that everyone tends to do relatively well. And there was no difference in overall survival between both groups, minorities and non-minorities. Similarly, when we looked at the adverse risk category, we found that everyone tends to do relatively poorly with the median overall survival of about eight and a half to 9.4 months. We did, however, notice that Black patients with adverse risk disease tended to live for slightly longer compared with white patients, although the difference was not statistically significant. So in summary, so far, and the favorable risk group, everyone tends to do relatively well with the median overall survival of more than two years.
0: In the adverse
1: risk group, everyone tends to do relatively poorly, and there were no overall survival differences supported by a self-reported race between the two groups. So the intermediate risk group is where things really started to get interesting. And we noticed that white patients with ELN 2022 intermediate risk disease were associated with an overall survival of 1.8 years. However, black patients with intermediate risk disease, so same risk disease, had an overall survival of 9.3 months. Mm. So overall, this finding was striking. It appeared that the survival differences that we observed between minorities and non-minorities by self-report were largely driven by the intermediate risk category. So why is that? We looked at why that disparity might exist. And there are a few thoughts. So one of the first things we looked at was the intensity of chemotherapy, whether one group may be more likely to get higher intensity chemotherapy versus lower intensity chemotherapies. So our data showed that there were no significant differences between the level of intensity that minorities and non-minorities received, which is a good thing. Okay. Um, we looked at whether there may be an imbalance between the um, intermediate risk patients that proceeded to transplant and if this might explain the survival disparity that we were seeing if a higher proportion of patients proceeded to transplant one cohort versus another. And we did notice that there were non-minorities that commonly proceeded to stem cell transplant uh, compared with the minorities. So we had more non-minorities during stem cell transplant, compared with minorities. But this narrowly missed statistical significance, Mm -hmm. very close. Um, But it, it was fairly striking, although not statistically significant overall. So that finding made us look into things a little bit deeper. And we ended up doing an entire second analysis just looking at insurance coverage in AML, okay? And that built upon some of the data that we had presented at ASH just, just a few months ago and we recently updated. And we found that AML patients with Medicaid or without insurance were significantly more likely to be younger minorities. So in fact, when we looked at patients that received intensive chemotherapy, the median overall survival significantly favored those with private insurance or Medicare, compared with no insurance or Medicaid. So this suggested that insurance coverage may be a primary driver in healthcare disparities in minorities in AML. Although certainly other social, economic, structural factors are very likely to contribute. So this may explain some of the survival differences that we're seeing that appeared to be the most prominent in the intermediate risk category. So those are a couple of studies that we just recently updated just this month that I thought that was interesting. We are currently preparing for publication now. So I figured, do you find that interesting?
0: Awesome, thank you. That's a lot of useful data that can be used to tackle this issue. Do you have any advice for how the data can be used to address healthcare accessibility?
1: Yeah, I think that is an excellent question. You kind of hit the nail on the head with the direction that we're trying to go in the future, both as an institution here at BC Max Cancer Center where healthcare disparities are one of our big focuses, making sure that everyone gets equal access to care. Um, it's a very complex question. And to be honest, more research is needed to identify what other factors are likely contributing to healthcare disparities so we can appropriately address those issues. So we know that the solutions that we come up with are the best solutions. Um, there are a lot of ways to improve access to care, both at the local and at the national levels. And determining what changes would be the most impactful is honestly something that remains to be seen. Because there are a lot of issues, I don't think you can really just boil it down to just one issue. Insurance coverage would be a big one, as we're seeing, and as our data would show, finding ways to improve access to care, that's a big issue. But other issues, such as those those social, those economic, and those structural factors that need to be identified, um, only further research can show those. So we can identify them and we can address them. So I think you hit the nail on the head with that question. I think that's an awesome question. And I think ultimately more research is needed to be able to find those issues and identify them so we can appropriately adjust them.
0: Definitely, thank you. Um, Do you have any other um, advice maybe for practicing clinicians um, who are trying to promote accessibility for their patients about how how they can help here?
1: Yeah, I do. So one of the things that we encounter the most, at least for the acute leukemias is being sure that people have access to things that you wouldn't necessarily think about when you're practicing day to day and asking your patient about whether or not they have reliable transportation. If they have a caregiver that can help them out, that is able to give them some sort of access to care if they can't independently be able to come to the clinic themselves, to be able to give their medications to themselves, do they have that support? Because not everybody has that support. Different people have different needs. Different communities have different needs. And it's important to be able to take a step back from clinical practice sometimes and be able to remind yourself of that and recognize that. And it's not just within minorities versus non-minorities. Age disparities exist as well. Community disparities exist. Just differences in where you live, even within being rural versus being in an urban area. We have shown survival differences as far as location goes. So it's important to take a step back and remember not just where you're practicing and who you're seeing, but what support do they have access to and how can you help them get that support so they can get the best treatment that they possibly can.
0: Awesome. That's great advice. Thank you. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing your your future publications in this area as well. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Oncology Data Advisor. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. In addition to our podcast, the Oncology Data Advisor site features expert perspectives and news stories on the latest in cancer research and treatments, all found at oncdata.com.